in Boundaries for Your Soul, How to Turn Your Overwhelming Thoughts and Feelings into Your Greatest Allies, co-author Dr. Allison Cook writes, What are boundaries? Your boundaries are the borders or limits of who you are and what you do and what behaviors, your own and those of others, you will and will not accept. Your spirit, mind, heart, will, and body all have boundaries. Understanding these limits helps you honor your individuality and the individuality of others. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so happy you found your way here in this very crowded marketplace of the podcast world. You are going to be so happy that you did, because today I have the incredible, the wonderful Allison Cook with us. She is the beautiful author, co-author of Boundaries of the Soul. I'm just going to tell you a little bit uh, from the get-go here. And then you can just read all about Allison on our website and all the places and in the show notes, because I just want to get right to uh, her wisdom and her heart and her, her beautiful spirit. She is an MA and a PhD. So should I call you Dr. Cook? No, Allison's great. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I want my PhD so bad, Allison. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I will be the oldest PhD student in the world, maybe, but I'm going to do it one day. Uh, she's a counselor, speaker, and as I said, co-author of this wonderful book. Oh my goodness, it's so good! It's just so good. For over 15 years, she's helped women, ministry leaders, couples, and families learn how to heal painful emotions. Well, we're all about that here. Develop confidence from the inside out. Forge healthy relationships. So you know why I love her because she's just everything that we are and fully live out their God-given potential. She earned her MA in counseling from Denver Seminary, and then that wasn't enough, so she went back (laughs) for her PhD. And this is one thing that really does uh, make me resonate with you, Allison, so much because it's in religion and psychology from the University of Denver. She's certified in internal family systems, this model of therapy. And she has a certificate in spiritual leadership from Leadership Transformations, Inc. Uh, She has a counseling practice located in the greater Boston area, and she specializes in the integration, once again, of this faith and psychology, which is very important in my work. And so I I know that drew me to you, and you exposit on it, you teach on it, you train on it so well. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So happy that you're here, especially to um, talk about this issue of boundaries in our soul and teach us about the soul. And then another huge thing I want to introduce to my community, Stronger Every Day, is the internal family systems theory. It is something I have not introduced yet. I've introduced a lot, talked about a lot. 
but uh, I wanted to learn more myself, of course, always, and really wanted my community to know. But one of the main reasons, like I said, is that you talk about boundaries in a different way. There was a watershed book, Oh, Moons Ago by Cloud and Townsend. And, and you write about that throughout this series that they wrote, Cloud and Townsend, the Boundaries series, which is now a movement. They acknowledge the inner work that accompanies setting healthy external boundaries with others. A chapter called Resistance to Boundaries in their original book gives some examples of internal boundary issues. So that's a lean in for everybody here. We're talking more today about the boundaries inside of us that we can have. You're going to give us a permission slip. And I'm so excited. I need this. And there are these internal boundary issues that are important to address. Angry reactions, guilt messages, unresolved grief and loss, fear of anger, and fear of the unknown. So Allison, here from the get-go, just help me help us understand a little bit more about this idea of setting boundaries with overwhelming parts of yourself. And then if you want to lead into what spirit led self leadership is all about, this is pivotal. <laughs> That's a great um, uh, set. You, you perfectly set up um, uh, where we are. Cause as you said, we do our book kind of zooms in on that internal work. Um, so when you know, you know, you say, Oh, I need to set boundaries, but almost always inevitably there's this internal feeling of guilt. Um, right. uh, I'm going to be a mean person. There's a lot of thoughts attached to it. Um, or I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to hurt anybody. So we have what in the IFS model, as you, as you touched on, it's a model of therapy, what, what we call parts, parts of us that have been sort of the sort of nature and nurture. You know, if you, if you think of the Enneagram, you and I talked a little bit about this already, where if you're an Enneagram too, you might have a real strong helper part, right? So you're going to have a lot. And that's also been conditioned Throughout your your childhood, your parents probably, you know, you, you've been rewarded for these. This, this is the way you learn to cope in the world. So you might have a part of you that is really fearful of hurting somebody. Or let's say you have a part of you that gets really angry. And so, you know, let's say you you're you you're someone who you're fearful of setting boundaries because you you couldn't come on too strong. Or maybe you're a worrier. And so you're just constantly overthinking, should I, should I not, should I, should I not, right? These are all attached to parts of us. Mm-hmm. And so, so the work of spirit-led self-leadership is to learn to differentiate and blend from these various parts of us. They're parts of who we are. They're not all of who we are mm-hmm. and lead ourselves. So instead of just giving over to that initial feeling of guilt, oh, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about pausing and getting curious. Wait a minute. I wonder why I feel like I could never do that. Well, what is that about? What is that fear about? And as you take that pause and you get curious about that initial feeling, you may well realize, oh, that's that's a belief I've held from long, long ago. That doesn't apply to this situation. And then you're able to be- develop the inner reserves to be gentle with yourself, say, oh, you know what? That initial feeling isn't actually, it, it's, it's valid. It's there for a reason. I don't have to beat myself up for having it, but I also don't have to act out of it. I have a choice. I have other options here of ways to approach setting this boundary. So that's kind of where we zoom in is doing work with those 
first kind of in those pathways that just blaze right to those initial emotions that often are survival skills, they're coping strategies, they're hardwired into us, but aren't necessarily the best place from which to respond to a tricky situation. Oh, I'm going to sigh a lot. I just know it. <laughs> you said so many things there. Um, one that I really want to hone in here, because even this week in sessions with clients, even this morning, even this morning, a wee hour ago, it's like, oh, I, I can choose for myself. Wait a minute. What, what is the self, you know? And I think that especially within, this is why I love your integration of faith and psychology and theology as well, is so often I know that I know I was schooled in the school of theology that self is bad. You know, Jesus, others, you, joy. And uh, I know you're familiar with this conversation, but help me help us understand that it's okay like, number one, I, I have parts <laughs> and it's okay that I can think for myself. I can choose myself. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, the, the problem with the way that, and it's really a, a modern phenomenon. This isn't the way, it, it, you know, traditionally and historically in church leadership, right. Uh, thinkers understood, you know, back to Augustine, back to Paul, back to um, Calvin. One of the first, the first sentences in Calvin's institutes is, you know, um, knowledge of God and knowledge of self cannot be separated, right? And that's from, you know, hundreds of years ago. So um, this is sort of a modern phenomenon that we have this idea that self is bad, that we sort of bypass the self. Well, God created Mm -hmm. us. He made us um, human flesh, um, we, the, the self, you can think about it in different ways, but it's really, it's the, the image of God, um, in us. It's the place where the Holy spirit comes to reside. It's our unique, you know, personhood. And God wants us to live into the fullness of what that is. And we are in a relationship with God. Well, if you're in a relationship, that's implies that there's two people involved and you are one of those people, right? So yeah. I always say to people, it, it's not, God isn't a dictator. You know, we, 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 we have an active role to play. And the way that we do that is through really getting to know this person that is me, that God made. And, um, you know, that when Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself, you know, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. There's three, again, three relationships are God, neighbor, and self. And, and I don't see a, a hierarchy there. Maybe, you know, maybe God is obviously, you know, the ultimate God interweaves through all of it. Right. But when it comes to neighbor and self, there really are related. I love my neighbor as I love myself. That's a, that's an, that's a reality. That is the, 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 the more I know and understand and care for myself, the more I will be, be, be better equipped to care and know and understand others. Those things just go hand in hand. So um, I think that, that that dichotomy that is, is really just that it's modern and it's really not helpful. And so that was one of the reasons we felt passionate about writing this book because mm-hmm. This whole model is, is, um, is, you know, presumes this idea of a self, that there's a core inside of you that has the capacity to lead these various parts of you. And, uh, you know, as Kim and my co-author and I were, were learning about this model of psychotherapy that isn't Christian per se in, in, the, in the world of psychology, we were like, oh my gosh, they're, get, they're getting at this spiritual center that Christians know to be 
this, um, you know, what, what, you know, there's so many different ways we have to, to talk about it, but we landed on the spirit led self. Henry Nowen talks about the place inside, yes. you know, where, where you can hold the different emotions that you have and the different feelings that you have and, and the different impulses that you have without necessarily acting on them, mm-hmm. but just being present with yourself. Right. Um, so it's really a lovely, um, kind of, I, I, I look at it, trying to br- reintroduce that into our spiritual lives as Christians. Yeah, for sure. And it's all about what you're speaking to. What I love, love, love about it is that self can be our leader, Yeah, yeah. you know? And I think that's, I probably can't even put words to the wrestling that I've done in my own life. And then in my work with that, you know, we sit in a church, we listen to leaders and then we follow the leader and we, we lose, at least I did. <laughs> Maybe I never even knew my true self, but I feel like there's a loss that I'm even allowed to have a self, you know, that I have to follow the leader and the leader is not my Jesus mm-hmm. per se. It's not God. And for me, the integration point that you helped me find was that I can trust my leader. <laughs> Yeah. I call that person a knower, but you call that a self-led leadership, spirit-led, you know, it's like, yeah, right. Like I can trust that. Yeah. And, you, and we need to, we're not doing anybody any favors as a church by encouraging, especially women, to be honest, because yeah. what I find yeah. is that men are in our, in our culture and historically have been raised to, they, they in, instinctively trust themselves and their, um, reinforced for that. Whereas as women, we, we sort of are taught to trust other people. And so it's almost like for, for, you know, sometimes I I think of some, some of my colleagues, we talk about how their work with men is learn, learn, learning how to trust other people and letting other people in. And and this is too, too easy. And it's not true. You know, there's always exceptions, but for women, it's, it's, we, we know how to look to other people. It's what, what does it mean to look inside and trust our own inner wisdom? Um, what what God has given us uniquely. Um, so we, you know, in the book, we go through the the famous Jeremiah passage that a lot of people have quoted, the heart is deceitful and wicked that, t- you know, is used as evidence that we can't trust ourselves and talk about how actually, you know, Jeremiah is actually the very same prophet who later says, you know, God is going to write his law on your heart, meaning right. that, you know, the old Testament law was external, but with the coming of Jesus and the Holy spirit, God actually is now written on our hearts and the heart being the core or the center of your being. And so we have to start looking inward. And I always like to say, you know, the theology part of me comes out and says, I, I absolutely believe in the both. And I believe in a God who is out there, who is fully other and transcendent. And the God who is imminent, the -hmm. God who comes to live within through the power of the spirit. They're both important. And, but we don't emphasize often um, that internal work of tapping in to, like, as you're saying, our own um, self, you know, when you talk about sitting in church and, and Mm -hmm. we're supposed to follow out there. Well, well, it's a relationship, right? So what's going on? and, And to get back to these parts, what's going on? inside of me in response to what this, where this person wants to take me, because I get a say, (laughs) I get a say in that, right? That's, mm, that's it right there. That's Mm -hmm. where I see the huge disconnect, particularly in women. And I'm, I'm 
you know, in my seventh decade, so a little more elderly than you, you know, but it's like in my, my realm of women who have been raised in a, in a very different theology in many ways is that, wow, I, I get a say, you know, because I know myself as a, a child in the alcoholic home and that, that trauma base is I didn't get a say. Mm-hmm. So then many of the my community have suffered trauma. I do a lot of trauma work. And so there is this, this parallel that you just take it into, you know, the church sense or the, the God, my relationship with God. Right. And I, I for eons for decades, you know, and I, and I hear this all the time. So I know I'm not alone and I'm so glad your voice is here Mm -hmm. because it's such a clear voice and it's such a wise voice to empower women that yes, Yes. It's almost like 1920. You have a vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. I have a vote. Yeah. I have yeah, a yeah. voice. You get a say. I, yeah. I get a say in this. Mm-hmm. And God wants you to have a say. He gave you a voice. That voice is of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I really appreciate the work that you do because so much of my work is what I see going on is sort of women, you know, my generation sort of, we're sort of in in the middle, we sort of got a little bit of this. We're sort of wrestling with it. The younger generation, it, it's almost yeah. uh, an overcorrection of it's only yes. my voice. Yes. Only my voice matters. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, sort of a, the, the, the grandmothers and, and, and mothers of adult who, who are just like, wow, I didn't realize I could have a voice. So as women, we're all kind of working this out. And then we're trying to work, work, you know, to get a mother's day, trying to working it out in relationship to each other. So it's such an important conversation to have and such important work that you're doing um, because we do it. I always try to say, it's not me only. Um, it's, no. it's just me too. I also get yeah. a voice, right? Yeah. I also I get a seat at a table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the overcorrection piece, thank you for mm-hmm. saying that. That's why I love, I mean, that is because I have two twenty. No, no, I don't. Oh my gosh. Now thirties. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I have two 30 year old daughters, uh, you know, in their thirties. That's crazy. I can't even believe I'm saying that. And a son who's, I have twins, like I said. So, um, yeah, they're like more mom. Why are you asking dad for permission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, your body. Yeah. Like you go get the yeah. work, the health, whatever, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, for, yeah, why do you have yeah. to ask dad if you can take a yeah. trip? Yeah. It's just, I'm like, oh, you know, um, well, because we're a team, you know, and they understand and they have beautiful relationships with their husbands and their, but it's a different, it's very different. Yeah. You know, they think for themselves and I'm, I'm so proud of that. You know, I'm proud that they know that they have a voice. And in the my community, Stronger Everyday Community, we equate voice with value. Mm. So when you know you have value, worth, and dignity, you really, I, I couldn't have a voice because I didn't even know who I was. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And I certainly didn't believe I had value, worth, and dignity. Yeah. So we work a whole lot, and it's a big part of my new book is, is, is about that. It's about finding your value yeah. so you can know your voice. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then you can speak up, which now adding your work into it, even that, that's why I love to learn. I just, that's why we need your voice. We need all of our voices because you're bringing into this, this Christian, as I've heard you share, you the internal family system modality is 
or theory is not per se Christian or non, but you and Kimberly, Kim, your co-author have authored it in the sense of bringing the spiritual framework to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was important to you. And I love that. uh, Let me read what Richard Swartz, can I read it? Mm -hmm. Sure. Love what Richard C. Swartz, uh, the developer of the internal family systems model of psychotherapy, that's its full name. He wrote this about your work and it just made me smile. I mean, how great is that? How great is it to have <laughs> someone who's developed a model? Yeah, he's a gracious man. Yeah, we were, we were very grateful. Gracious. Is there a spirit-led self within you that emanates love and can lead your inner and outer life? Is it possible to love your inner enemies in the same way that Jesus extolled you to love your outer ones? Mm-hmm. In this beautifully written book, Cook and Miller not only show you how to do that, but also make a strong case that doing so creates enormous inner transformation and peace. That's her goal. Turning former enemies into valuable allies. And these are inside of us, right? These are inner enemies. Mm -hmm. I am thrilled with the way they have translated my work for a Christian audience and believe this book is an extremely important contribution to our culture's healing. And I would add to our Christian culture's Mm. healing. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do we need this? Pounding the table. (laughs) So is that how you came to like, if you could just give us a little bit more about internal family systems, Mm -hmm. you've shared a lot already, but the parts, but what else about it has led you to help us with our inner boundaries? Um, well, so there's three categories of parts in the model. Um, and this can be helpful to folks just to understand. So you've got, and, and I love it that it's sort of Trinitarian, right? We're sort of made in the image of God. I, and it, right? Yeah, yeah and exactly. Uh, on me. I love that. Yeah, Richard Schwartz wasn't a, uh, you know, the, the the developer of this, again, is not a, himself a Christian, but, you know, just the, when, when you read it, you just realize he stumbled upon something that really reflects the Gospels. Um, so there's these three categories of parts, and it really makes sense when you think about it. We all have these manager parts, and these are the parts of us that um, want to prevent pain. They want to prevent us from making fools of ourselves. They're the parts of us that get out of bed, show up for work, you know, produce please perform, achieve, worry, you know, plan, plot, all the things, peacemake. And and there's value in these parts of us. They can get extreme and that's when they become problematic, but if they're in their healthy um, balanced state, they're, they're really valuable parts of us. Then the second category, these are called firefighters. These are the parts of us that put out the, put out the flames of pain when there's been pain. So these are the parts of us that um, want to drown out. Um, they want to numb, escape, avoid. So they're going to grab the bottle of booze. They're going to start scrolling the social media, you know, um, binge watch the Netflix, um, shop, you know, whatever the things are that you d- find yourself doing to just shut yourself down. Right. And we oh, live yeah. in a cu- culture where people kind of bounce between the two that, you know, it's like, go, 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 please, please, please work, 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 um, shut down. And, Again, neither of these categories is in their properly healthy, balanced state. The firefighters, actually, we need comfort. We need rest. We need pleasure, right? God created us for those things. So at their healthy, when we're healthy, when we're leading these parts of us versus the other way around, we're consciously with conscious self-awareness saying, oh, I've been working hard. I need to do, I need to do something that would really restore me. And when we're leading ourselves, we choose something that's actually going to restore us versus yeah. something that's just going to numb the pain and not really help. 
And then the third category is the most important, not the most important, but it's, it's one that needs attention the most, which is, are these exiled parts of us. And these are the tender, vulnerable parts of us that carry the burdens of pain. Yeah, you've got the, you map this all. I just wanted to show that for those of you who are listening, uh, for, who are watching on yeah. YouTube because um, Allison is so kind to, to let us go ahead and tape this. The the book has this beautiful uh, map, and then the study guide does as well. It's called Map of the Soul. So yeah, yes. sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's in the the exiled parts of us often carry burdens of pain from the past, mm-hmm. um, from when we were young, young children, even that just got buried because we didn't have the skills to know how to deal with the pain at the time. And so what happens then is these other parts get extreme and, and are so busy coping and surviving that we never circle back to give these younger, more vulnerable parts of us the care that we need. So a lot of times the road to healing is really getting in touch with those exiled parts. And, and it's hard. it can be hard at first because they're the ones that carry the loneliness or the sadness or the fearfulness or the feelings of unworthiness. They can carry shame burdens. Oh. Um, and so we kind of don't want to go there, but it's really the key to our healing is to restore those parts of us and bring them into the the spirit-led leadership where they receive the care that they need. And then if you think about it, these, you know, these are the young parts of us that when they are, when they are healed and unburdened, they become that playfulness, that, that, you know, what Jesus talked about the, 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 just the trusting, you know, tender parts of us that are actually beautiful. They need our protection, but we're actually protecting ourselves in a healthy way Mm -hmm. instead of avoiding dealing with the hard things. So that's kind of a layout of the map. And it's, it's just really beautiful work to kind of get, kind of get to know your protectors, get to know the way you, you know, you tend to numb out and then get to start to get to know these really tender parts of you that many people don't want to face, but are actually the keys to your healing and wholeness. Yeah. And I, I love the names. So it, it reminds yeah. me so much. One of a, one of the theories that I fell in love with uh, is narrative therapy. And mm-hmm. I have talked about that here uh, on the podcast so much because of being a writer, right. Being just, uh, I don't know, just being who I am. I just love that. The story aspect of it. Well, you're, you're really doing that when, cause a big part of narrative therapy is to name something, mm-hmm. right. And that's what you're doing here. You're yeah. You're naming, you're saying, oh, these are the managers that I'm, I, I need to get to know these managers. I need to get to know the firefighters. I need to find out who these exiled parts of me are. And in that, the most important part of your work is that we're not shaming those parts anymore. Mm -hmm. And so a huge part of what I help our community do is to shift from shaming to gracing, right? To grace, to just get to know them. They're a cast of characters. They live inside of you you know, and, uh, that in and of itself to me just makes me take a deep breath. Yeah. That inner conflict. Yeah. You know, like, and, and the inner voices, I mean, once again, I, I just heard, you know, a few days ago, a, a client say, gosh, my mother's just in my head. <laughs> She's just yeah. in my, yep. you know, and I just lost my mom in August to COVID at 92. And so this is my first mother's day without her. And I do hear her voice, you know, we, we do. And the mama's voice is the most important voice ever. And so I just think getting to know and then begin to apply boundaries and the concepts of boundaries to your internal thoughts and feelings. What does that look like then? 
How do we do that? How do we apply an, an internal boundary? Yeah. And so that's where kind of when I was alluding to this idea of where part, these parts of us get extreme, we yeah. need, we want to work with them to bring them within healthy boundary lines within our soul. We don't want them to go away. So for example, a pleasing part of us, oh, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good go-to. Um, it's a, it's a, there's good in that, right? It's not all bad. It is nice to be a kind person. It is nice to want to help others in need, but when they get extreme, you know, we're pleasing needs that aren't ours to meet. And, and so we want to bring that part back within healthy boundary lines. And so a lot of the, what we lay out in the book is this process of getting curious about it, almost like you would a young child. It's like parenting your child. You know, you're, you know, you, you see these qualities in your child and you're like, you know, that can be a good quality, but it can also really get you in trouble. And so we need to talk about it and we need to help you understand how to set a gentle boundary with yourself. What, you know, you know, let's say you've got a, a, a you know, a kid who loves it, loves school and is constantly, you know, talking out in class, you know, how are you going to pause and just wait to speak out? Because that, that inquisitiveness is great, but, but you're also going to annoy the teacher, right? So, you know, but and you don't want to shame the child. So you're kind of trying to help them learn these strategies for, okay, just when you want to raise that, you know, when you want to speak out, just, just pause for 30 seconds and just wait, you know, you're teaching yourself mm-hmm. this parts of yourself in the same way that you might teach a young child, right? Just to learn how to exist within proper healthy boundary lines, as opposed to just kind of driving you. Um, yeah. And it, it's just such a, it's, it's really gets at the fruit of the spirit of self-control, right? But yeah. instead of, you know, a yeah. lot of times when we talk about self, we think about self-control, it's like, I just got to control it. I got to shut it down. You know, I got to beat myself up. It's, it's a compassionate way of saying, this is a good part of me. It's there for a reason God made it. It's gotten extreme. And so I've got to learn how to rein it in get it at it, you know, be able to, so that I'm leading myself. Okay. I've got that instinct to please. I don't actually have to please. Again, I, we, we talk about the 30 second pause. My, yes. my co-author is a, is a tech sure she, she's a reformer. And so she'll talk about how, you know, she'll wait 30, she'll, she'll give herself, I can't remember if she says like a day or, you know, 30 seconds or something before she offers a, a critique, right. Or a, a, an idea for how to improve something. You know, she just has learned to train herself and it's not that she's shaming herself. She's just learning to bring that within healthy boundary lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, Allison, that's just so brilliant. We could have a, another whole session on the yeah. Enneagram right. and work, right? Yeah, right? yeah, I'm married to a one. And so he and I, once we began to understand who we were, I'm a social two, he's a one, self-pres. You know, it's like, wow, what a difference that makes. Yeah. in a relationship and what it makes, it makes such a huge difference in understanding yourself. So what I keep hearing you say is just such a beautiful message of self-compassion towards yourself and offering yourself mm-hmm. grace. You know, mm-hmm. I just want listeners, please lean in heart lifters here, mm-hmm. you know, take a step here, take a step back and hear what Allison is saying. Because what I hear you saying is you're actually telling us to care for our soul. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is another, um, without being critical or judgmental, you know, just, it is another deficit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of teaching coming out, a lot of beautiful voices coming out on contemplative practices, centering prayer, all the beautiful things that we can care for our soul. I also just want to inform everyone that Allison and Kim, I think you call her Kim, Kimberly, mm-hmm. the other author, you have such a great offering in this book. And it's the internal boundaries quiz. 
Mm. I took it and it was, it was, it was tough. It was close to home. I was like, I got some work to do. I got some more work to do. This is fun. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you look at your emotions and you go, are they too close or are they too far? So I love that you're always offering, like I'm a repressor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mine are going to be too far. I got to bring them close. Mm -hmm. Oh man, all the things you're saying. So that's on page 13 when you get the book and you get it on Kindle right away. You don't have to wait for one to come. Um, But I want you to take that quiz. And I think we'll probably revisit this in a later Mm -hmm. um, podcast with just me and the gang. And we'll talk about our internal boundaries quiz. And then we just have to, you have to talk to me. This is so brilliant. Where's my big picture? You, you came up with this Mm. U-turn, Y-O-U hyphen turn, taking a U-turn. Allison, this was brilliant. (laughs) I mean, this is so good. Is this, I, 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 I should know the answer to this, but is this a part of internal family systems or is this all? Yeah, we adapted it. So they yeah. call it, yeah, and uh, Dick Schwartz, I believe, I, I think start, uses a U, oh. like a really, like a U-turn that you'd take it on the road, kind of the idea being you just, and then we started thinking about, oh, it's actually, you're turning back to yourself. And we use the passage of scripture where Jesus says, you know, before judging, you know, take the plank out of your own eye, it's this idea of self-examination first. So that we kind of added that you, and then the steps in, in, if you actually go through, if you're a therapist and you go through IFS training, there's a ton of steps. It's very complicated, um, involved process. So we just, for the sake of kind of translating it, um, um, simplified it to these five key steps. Um, that is something they're so sure. Yeah. So map. I'm sure you know them internally, but sometimes I forget. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what the map is. So, you know, for example, if you're noticing an extreme emotion, you're, you know, you're super angry and you can't figure out why. So you take a, it's a cue, take a U-turn, let's get to know it. Right. And so the first step is to focus, which means to focus on the emotion. Now that seems counterintuitive to people because they're like, why would I want to focus, you know, on my anger? But the idea wow. when you is that when you focus on something, you bring it into view. And if you think about it, then you have to have some healthy distance from it. If yep. you can see it, it's not overtaking you. And actually, a lot of folks will say, well, I, I'm just angry. All of me is angry. And, and actually, you know, the, the, as a therapist, what you're trying to do is help people say, you know, it's a part of you. It feels right. like all of you. But who you are at your core, whether it's depression, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's envy, is not that. That's no. a part of you that has kind of hijacked the system. Yes. And so you're trying to, when you focus on something, you are able, it's a, it's a, it's a great first step towards self-awareness of going, oh, it, it, if I can name it, as you said, name it. I can get a little distance from it. So that's kind of just the first step is the beginning to name this process of naming, focusing. Um, yeah, and I like to say, I'll add here, like I like a couple of weeks ago and I, I talked about this on the podcast, uh, my mom's birthday was the first birthday without her. I went out, you know, I just got really sad over the weekend, which was a few days later. And I was like, where is the sadness coming from? Like, this is mm-hmm. weird. And I was by myself, but I just encouraged everyone, my heart lifters to just say, well, hi, sadness. There mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would have tried to repress that mm-hmm. before or avoid it mm-hmm. or busy myself as you were alluding to before. Mm-hmm. But instead I said, oh, and it was first time I'd really ever like taken this. And it was just like, oh, hi, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. Come on in and have a seat. Mm-hmm. And I took out some grounding tools that I use and I just said, oh, hi, sadness. You know, so I love that you are bringing 
like this to a U-turn. It's like adding more to it mm-hmm. today. Thank you. Everyone is thanking you right now. So yeah. focus on it. Right. Yeah. I Bring love that. I, I love that idea. Oh, hello. There you are. You oh, know, I'm sort here. of. Oh, and again, it's the, mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need to be a fearful of these emotions. No. We don't need to, you kind of learn. And, the, and as you do more and more of that, these, you learn to trust. This is the process of trusting yourself, right? You learn to, um, to not be so hard freaked freaked out or hard on yourself when these emotions show up. So the second one is kind of also what you're alluding to befriending, right? Uh, Oh, yes. Right. Sort of like welcoming. And the idea is again, you're extending, Mm -hmm. you know, some people befriending, especially with emotions like anger. It's like, how do I really befriend that? The idea really is the other word that we'll use is get, get curious. So idea is just not to be self-condemning as you engage that emotion, because it is there for a reason. And we don't change in the context of criticism. Um, Yeah. So this is where we're trying to imply that, you know, it feels like an enemy, but but Jesus said to love our enemies. So what would it be like to love this part of me and be kind to this part of me right now that is feeling all these emotions? Um, So that's, that's the befriend. And then third, inviting God to draw near, um, and, and again, just this idea of instead of sometimes we feel like, okay, I got to get rid of all this stuff to go to God in prayer. It's just inviting God into the process. Yeah. Just saying here, just for a second, yeah, we alluded to it before. Um, I feel like this, this step right here, or even the befriending step, mm-hmm. a, a new word to this community has also been spiritual bypassing and yeah. bypassing yeah. before. Would you mind taking a little U-turn right here? Yeah. Just share your wisdom on um, how that can be damaging actually, or how it could be hindrance maybe is yeah. a word. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you're right. And this is, this is a good place to talk about it because it isn't a process of saying, okay, now I notice the anger, spiritual bypassing would be God, take it away, <laughs> you know, take it somewhere magically to the sky, which is sort of the pray it away. Pray it away. It's not that it's, it's inviting God in and it's saying, God, I'm angry. Um, help me understand the anger. It's a very different, that's emotional health. That's a process of you gave me these emotions and I'm trying to understand what it means that I'm angry. And maybe this other person did a terrible thing to me, but you know, a lot of times when we're, a lot of times we're like, I feel like it's an overreaction. What is going on inside of me? So it's a process of bringing God into that experience of self um, inquiry versus a lot of what we get taught, which is the spiritual bypassing thing of, you know, God, if it just take it away, you know, or, or I'll, yeah, wave a magic wand, or I'll just say a scripture over it. And it's like, it's, it's a bypass. It bypasses the, the important information oh, that's it. that that emotion has to give us. And that's it. You know, these emotions are what we, in IFS, we call trailheads. They're, they're signposts that there's a trail to follow <laughs> to deeper self-discovery. Um, oh. And so that's, and God wants to go with us on that journey, not not take a pluck us up out of that journey. I <laughs> oh, just so. thank you. Thank you so yeah. much because it's so critical. And I feel like you 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 are hijacking is another word. You know, you're mm-hmm. like hijacking, but you're bypassing something that actually will lead you to the freedom you actually are desiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And instead of shaming or like saying, if I just read, this is what I I mean, I hear these things, these are not made up. I just, I, I stopped having my devotional time in the morning. You know, I'm not reading the scripture enough. Right. I, I mean, 
I know people that have read are beautiful people. They've read the word, you know, inside and out. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. walking with Jesus 40 years, mm-hmm. you know, I know the word inside out, yep. but I never understood. I never integrate. I was never taught, I guess, mm-hmm. to integrate like what you're bringing to us, the faith and the psychology. Yeah. And, and so that's the other extreme. So we can spiritually bypass and then that we burn out because we're not actually healing our emotions and we just end up frustrated with God. And then you go to the other extreme and say, well, I'm not just not going to read my Bible or pray at all. And that's not what we're after either. Right. That's again, the overcorrection. And what we're after is this integrated yes, being a whole person, acknowledging all these different parts of us and all these different ways that God made us and bringing God into that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point you might, you know, sometimes I will, you know, the next step is to unburden and integrate, but really these first three are kind of the, the key ones. You know, at that point I might say, man, I, I can't figure out what's going on with me. I don't know why I'm so angry. And so I might even pray for that part of me. But again, it's very different. I might say, God, this part of me is angry. And, I, and you see this, these prayers in the Psalms. Yes. You know, what, what, um, help me understand why am I so disheartened? Yes. That's such a different prayer from God, forgive me and take it away. You know, and, and, and not to say that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's really a seeking to understand type of prayer. Um, We can also say, or, you know, while I'm in pain and I'm struggling so much, Mm -hmm. you know, Lord help these parts of me again, getting at the boundaries, you know, we, we, you talk about when someone's grieving, let's talk about grief, you know, you still need to show up for your job, right? So instead of sometimes, you know, instead of exiling that grief, you, you say, you know, Lord, help me find a place inside where that grief can sort of live without just taking over all of, you know, so I can still show, so I can show up and be with you. And there's also a part of me that's carrying grief. We're very multifaceted, you know, people, we can do this. We don't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah, we don't. And I think that just speaks clearly. I mean, I've been doing it for months since my mother passed, you know, it's like, okay, how do I, how do I grieve? I don't even know what I'm grieving. Yeah. I knew it would be complicated grief because I had a complicated relationship with it. You know, so, okay, today I'm very overwhelmed, you know, so I'm just going to carry this overwhelming feeling with me. But I think the beauty of the journey that you're sharing is really the journey of emotional, what I would say, health and and, and emotional maturity. It's, as you say so distinctly in the book, it's not letting your emotions control you. Yeah. You control your emotions, get to know them well. Yeah. You know, I think they are there. There are foes when we keep them too far, when we are afraid of them. Yeah. You know, what do they say, Allison? I mean, I've read this. I've never gotten to the source, but over 34,000 emotions is what we particularly have. I mean, that wheel of emotion, the clutch chicken, all that, you know? So, I mean, man, what a game changer that was for me personally. And then Mm -hmm. in my work with others, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, it's just anger Mm -hmm. (laughs) now unbridled anger, different story. That's right. But even unbridled anger in the midst of the damaging tornado of that, Mm -hmm. what the heck, Mm -hmm. where's this coming from? Yeah. Oh, hello, tornado. Yeah. You know, it's just, I I love how you encourage us to befriend them and to invite God into the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, exactly. Exactly. I love that. That's great. I just love, I say, welcome God into the wise. Mm -hmm. That's what I say. Just welcome them in. 
You know, it made sense to me years ago when I was in a tough spot and it was like, God, I'm just going to welcome you into this hot mess because I don't know what to do. Whoo, help me, help me. So then I just love, how do we then unburden? I think we've kind of already said it, but just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a process of unburdening when you actually are doing IFS therapy that's very involved. And, and I, you know, I don't really encourage that necessarily, especially when there's deep trauma to do, be done by yourself. No. But in the book, what we talk about is just this idea of when you, when you get to the root, you get to that vulnerable part of you that's been carrying the burden, usually from the past, usually meaning we've made yeah. from an event as a child that was too complicated for us to understand. So our, my parents, you know, let's say this isn't my, my story, but let's say your parents got divorced. Yeah. And as a child, you know, you, 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 you took on a burden of shame. Oh, I wasn't worth there, there. Right. And it's, yeah, it's not true. Right. Yeah. And it's not what is the, but, but it's a burden when you get to that, there's this release of that burden. And, and to use your word of narrative, replacing that with a, Oh, I, you know, Oh, you know, it's just such a beautiful feeling when those young parts of you um, mm-hmm. sense the power of the Holy spirit, the spirit itself, and just realize, Oh, I, I it wasn't because of me. And you replace the, the, the lie with the truth really is what you're doing. Yeah. And it's very powerful. Um, there's a lightness that comes. Um, and then the integration pieces, then that part of you is freed Mm-hmm. to live within your soul, live within your system more free. It, that, all that energy that had been wrapped up in shame is now free to, like I said, often these are playful parts. These are joyful yes, parts. Skipping and these hopping are, again. Yeah, right? exactly. I remember the day I skipped out of church. I was like, yeah. what did I just do? Yeah, but you're was, free. I guess, yeah. It just, I couldn't, it just came. Yeah. It's like the wholeness, the healing was just, it just came. And yeah. I want everyone listening to, to come home to that. I agree. You know, I know you do. I know you do. And then integrate. So just the closure of the, the back to the U-turn is where we, how do we integrate then? This is the, yeah. 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 And that's, you kind of just touched on it. It's where that, uh, that then you have access to those resources now in new ways. Yeah. Um, And, and also as there's more, less shame and there's less of that, that, those kind of painful memories, these protective parts also get to be reintegrated in more helpful ways. Yes. Right. So instead of the part of you always being like, I have to please other people because I'm not worthy of love. All of a sudden, oh, I am worthy of love. So now all that energy that you were putting into pleasing other people, that part of you can be redirected to go, oh, you know, how can I start a ministry that I is actually something that's coming from deep inside of me. It's not about pleasing everybody else, but it's really going to help people actually that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so perplexing and freeing and yeah, all above (laughs) just brings so much freedom and so much joy. Okay. I want to ask you, I know we're coming to the close. I have a million other things, but (laughs) oh, well, uh, but you talked about something it's on page 39. If you have the book already and, or if you're getting the book or if you got it on Kindle 39, uh, <laughs> you write about baptized imagination. I'm smiling so big because I can't wait to dig into that with, in my heart journal myself. I just can't, it's, it's new to me. And I've been trying to teach on imagination and several other guests have spoken about imagination. But when I heard baptized imagination, I was like, oh, this, this is, this is, this is it. It, you talk about how this is an integral component of spiritual growth and formation. Oh my gosh, Allison, teach us. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a term we got from C.S. Lewis. And if you think yes. about a baptized imagination, I can't think of a better example. If you think about the Narnia tells, right, that was all his imaginary world creating a beautiful narrative that helps us understand God better. Um, and so, so that's where we got the term. And when you're doing this work, what the idea of imagination kind of lives more in the the right create the creative brain versus the thinking brain and often we're trying to approach ourselves from that thinking brain and, and this yes. is another thing we've learned in modern christianity it's like thoughts facts faith, yes. feelings right so Right. The problem is, is that what we, we, it's, there's actually not a hierarchy. Both are important. And we're always trying to talk ourselves into feeling a different way. It doesn't work when, when we're able to imagine these parts of us, you know, it's, 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 you know, when you kind of, you know, you kind of do the guided meditation. One of my um, free downloads is a prayer guided prayer. You can kind of imagine what does that angry part of you look like? What is it, you know, and you get, you get these amazing kind of you know, not everybody, it doesn't, it doesn't happen for everybody, but, but, but most of us kind of the creative part of our brain kicks in and sort of is like, you know, it feels like this, you know, this, and, and you really get a sense of, oh yeah, that, and there's, what's happening is both you're gaining understanding, but also more of your brain is firing, literally. Oh, You've so got your right fine. brain linking yeah. over. You're not just making sense of it analytically. You're actually accessing some other part of your brain and all of the trauma work is showing that a lot of that is where the synapses, you know, and the neural pathways allow more, mm-hmm. um, change real deep, real deep metanoia. So, Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's the knowing, you know, the deeper knowing versus just the head, knowledge, although it's all kind of in our system. And that's integration though. You're, that, you're, that's integration. Us, you're asking your clients and your readers and yeah. all of us here to integrate yeah. this beautiful mind and brain, that's right. both sides That's right. that yes. God created. And I think that's yes. what it's, it's William Paul Young, the shack, right? Now, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, C.S. Lewis. Oh, good Lord. Have mercy. Tolkien. All Tolkien. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All of these brilliant. Yeah baptized imaginations. Yes. And I think we have such a, that we, I've used this word a lot today, deficits, you know, but I'm asking God, yeah. you know, to give me now more increased baptized imagination. And, you know, my agent years ago, my literary agent was like, if you could just write therapy in fiction, you know, mm-hmm. people would get it probably. And I'm like, yeah. man, I'm, that's a great goal. That's a great yeah. goal. And so I just thank you so much for bringing yeah. that that into our conversation again. And I want to encourage because I know a lot of um, people that I know, a lot mm-hmm. of our community, our, our heart lifters, they feel guilty or they feel woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> not a woo-woo, you know? And I'm certified aromatherapy, you know, so I use uh, therapeutic grade essential oils mm-hmm. in healing trauma through the sense mm-hmm. of smell. It's a lot like EMDR and a lot of other modalities. But boy, when you first present that, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, that's why in the book, we took great pains to go through all the places where the Bible, the Bible is filled with metaphors and imagery. Jesus uses um, parables. He tells stories. He rarely answers a question head on. He always, almost always tells a story. He does. You know, that's because that story draws you into a deeper meaning. And so that, yeah, that's why we, we, you know, in the book, we have all these little like sidebars trying to, cause people so are like, that, that's weird. And it's like, well, no, actually it's, it's, it's really very scriptural. It's, 
Um, it's the language of some of these things that we can't quite get with our scientific brain, our analytical brain. We need the power of these stories and these images um, to access a deeper, deeper truth. So thank you so much for your encouragement. You really, this conversation is really, because it's so good. (laughs) It's so good because I think at that moment too, Allison, when I see people's imaginations get baptized by the spirit. Yeah. That's where the weeping starts. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, the, you can see the pressure fall. Yes. You can see the countenance lift. That's the, that's the heart lift I talk about. You know, it's like when you can get to your truest, true you Yeah. Yeah. and exhale. Yeah. And that is what boundaries, (laughs) that's what your book does. And I am going to re- reread it and reread it and reread it. Mm-hmm. I, I looked because I always say boundaries of the soul, but it's boundaries for your soul. <laughs> and so I wanted to correct myself there. So thank you so much. Any uh, any parting words for <laughs> us as we're trying to become baptized in our imagination and 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 have these beautiful U-turns in our lives? Oh, no, I, I'm just grateful for your work. And, and uh, I, it's just such a gift to me that you, you know, that these, this offering meant so much to you. So I really appreciate that. We really did try to prayerfully craft it in such a way as to help, help folks really, you know, go dive into this deeper understanding of, of the self and it's a powerful journey. And I'm uh, just really grateful. I've had this chance to talk with you more about it. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been an honor. And I know everyone listening is so grateful and we will be talking. If you would give me permission, I'd like to talk a little bit more about it on, on a podcast all oh, by sure. itself with my and, and yeah. get questions and answers and that kind of, of thing with them, because we didn't get to the constellation of parts. We didn't get to the, yeah. what are the burdens? You have these three yeah. belief burdens, feeling burdens, and physical burdens that, oh my goodness, we're going to have a whole podcast on just Good. those burdens. Good. Great. Um, and so where can everyone find you? It'll be in the show notes, but just sure. a, a quick place. Yeah. My website is just my name, allisoncookphd.com. And I have a weekly newsletter. I send out every Thursday with just That's little great. blog posts. And then I'm on social media at, again at Allison Cook PhD. And I do a lot of what, what's been really fun is I've been doing more Q and A and more kind of interaction through that medium, which has been fun because, um, you know, it's just neat to see people beginning to bring these two things together. You know, I, I'm very oh, I grateful I've been a part of that. So yeah, come join me. I have. So I invite everyone <laughs> to as well and be sure to get her newsletter because it is, uh, it's uh, easy. Is that a nice way? It's digestible. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, easily digestible, and I can quickly with a practical takeaway. Yeah, I try to make them practical, so that's helpful. Yeah, 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 we're both. I'm very highly practical. Yes, that's why I relate to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, and everyone, please, please go out and get your copy. And and like, if you can't wait, like me, I got it on Kindle right away. So boundaries for your soul, and thank you. Be very blessed, and may you, you may your ministry just continue to expand so that so many can be free. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.